0: I'm Elizabeth Slattery, and welcome to SCOTUS 101, where we break down what's happening at the Supreme Court, what the justices are up to, and other things related to our favorite branch of government. This is a special summer session edition of SCOTUS 101, and today I'm joined by the lovely Carrie Severino, who is chief counsel for the Judicial Crisis Network. Carrie, welcome back to SCOTUS 101.
1: Great to be here.
0: So some very serious allegations have been made against Judge Kavanaugh. A woman named Christine Blasey Ford says she was assaulted when she was a teenager, in the early 80s, and she says it was Brett Kavanaugh. Now, I think she should be treated with respect, and she deserves an opportunity to be heard, but I don't think she's entitled to our blind faith that everything she says is true. And she has, in fact, been offered a chance to share her story. So tell me, how has Chuck Grassley, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, how has he handled things so far?
1: You know, I think he's been doing an amazing job. He has really bent over backwards to try to accommodate Ms. Blasey Ford. And all this in the context of I think the, the behavior that the Democrats have had here in, in terms of how they, they leaked this at the, at the last minute, et cetera, has been really deplorable. But the but in terms of Ms. Uh, Ms. Blasey Ford, he has been trying to give her every opportunity – to have an opportunity to uh, to give her allegations, whether that means doing so publicly or in a closed session, uh, in in person on a phone call, however she wants to do that, because she said you know yesterday uh, that she, she she wants to testify, and um, and I, certainly the Democrats have been calling for public hearings, and then so so Grassley is happy to do that. Now, unfortunately, that he has scheduled a public hearing, uh, you know. A day later, things, things seem to have changed, and I'm not, it's not clear yet whether she will testify. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I have to commend Senator Grassley for doing everything he can to show her respect, but also to make sure that Judge Kavanaugh is afforded a fair opportunity to refute those allegations because he has been unequivocal. And very clear in saying this did not happen. I've, I, it, nothing happened like this in high school. There's nothing happened like this ever, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and and I think it what she describes does sound like an awful experience. But I think it, what we've seen so far is it, it. It's very evident to me, at least, that that Brett Kavanaugh was not the one that was involved. And I th- but we do need to have an opportunity so that everyone can can voice, uh, you know, their different sides of this, so we can we can air this out.
0: And it seems like the Democrats on the committee keep moving the goalposts. So initially they demanded a delay to the committee vote. Uh, yeah, Well, stepping back even a, a step for six weeks, Senator Dianne Feinstein had this letter and she sat on it. She didn't mm-hmm. share it with with Chuck Grassley, which had she done it earlier, it, it, it's possible that he could have conducted an investigation while affording some privacy. Uh, to, to Miss Blasey Ford uh, and in investigating and evaluating these claims. But Feinstein sat on the letter for six weeks. And then, uh, you know, the Democrats demanded that they delay the committee vote based on unreleased allegations. Then the allegations come out. Uh, Grassley delays the vote and starts investigating um, the, these accounts. Uh, but then... Feinstein won't participate in any of the, the uh, you know, this investigation with Grassley. She won't participate in any of the phone calls or anything like that. So he sa- he hold- says they're going to hold a hearing, and he invites both sides uh, to testify. And, you know, Judge Kavanaugh has accepted the invitation, and it sounded like Ms. Ford was, was going to accept the invitation, but now the goalpost has been moved again, and now we hear that, well, we need to have an FBI investigation first. Mm-hmm. So t- tell me a little bit about what the democrats expect the fbi can actually do here they've already done six background checks
1: oh right and i think they're they're um i, I would say misunderstanding but it's hard to understand that the the democrats and the senators themselves misunderstand what the fbi background <laughs> investigation is i think they're purposely a, a kind of giving misinformation about what the fbi's role really is the fbi in terms of its background checks they're the the uh, reason it's useful to have the FBI do these is for a couple reasons one is they can do so confidentially mm-hmm. so people it can know that they can to be f- frank and and candid with the FBI because they're not going to be sharing this information with with the nominee with anyone else and they can actually get hopefully get to the truth that way on top of which you know it's a lie to lie to the FBI <laughs> or it's, it's 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 a crime to lie to the FBI mm-hmm. so you can't uh, they, they have that as well um the pro and so they've, they've done those obviously Miss Blasey Ford hadn't made her allegations um known for for 37 years so they couldn't have reached that with those previous background checks but you could you certainly would have had the opportunity to see is there some kind of pattern do yeah. we see this and, and that's something we that is that is very common in some of the other um you know me too era allegations mm-hmm. it's 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 almost universally you see someone who this is a this is a real pattern that is the opposite of what we see in Kavanaugh he's had multiple multiple times they've gone through this now the FBI has closed their their um background investigation or had they they were given when they were finally this was leaked and they were given the letter they added that to the file now they say they've they have you know closed it again what they what they typically do in that circumstances they then bring all of the evidence they have to the senators, they are the ones who make the ultimate mm-hmm. uh, judgment call of how to weigh different different pieces of evidence they've collected. It's not the FBI. So the the, yeah. center, the Democrats are claiming, I think, that the FBI is somehow some kind of judge and jury. That's not <laughs> the case. And the, what they what they what the proper order is is they have that a, a background investigation call that updates it, and it's, it's a confidential call for the senators of the committee. They had one of those on Monday after this became public. Um, and guess how many Democrats. You know, participate in that call. Zero. They they say they want an investigation. They say they respect the FBI, but they're not even there for the the, the proper FBI process. So I think they're they're kind of they're definitely moving the goalposts. They're kind of creating a, a new standard that didn't didn't ever exist. And we've seen this before. Frankly, we've seen some of this from the beginning, even before he was nominated. They were saying we can't have a we can't have a hearing. So mm-hmm. it's it's any excuse they can find. Yes, let's let's have an opportunity to have a hearing here. But this can't be a blank check for let's let's delay this investigation, frankly, until 2020, which seems to be the Democrats ultimate goal here.
0: Yeah, I have to say I I felt sick to my stomach reading her account of what happened. Mm. And I think it's hard for any woman to read those words and not put herself in, in the shoes of 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 a woman in that situation. But it just it doesn't square with what we know about Judge Kavanaugh. It, so tell me about some of the responses that we've seen.
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we have this. He's this is someone who's been in the public eye for 25 years. Not just those background checks, but lots of people, mm-hmm. you know, who who have interacted with him, who have worked with him, even before this came out. We had had women who had worked with him and, and known him from high school, college, law school. You know, when he was working with with Ken Starr, when he was working in the White House, when he you know all of these different phases. Who say. I know him. I have worked with him. I just can, can't stop talking about what a great, upstanding, respectful, even-handed you know person he is. Yeah. Then, after the allegations became public, dozens more women who specifically knew him during high school uh, got a letter together and said, "We we knew him at the time. This doesn't jive with the Brett Kavanaugh we all knew. Uh, some of them had dated dated them, him, and and um, it, it, one of them even during the time of these allegations. So mm-hmm. she says." He was always a perfect gentleman. This isn't. This doesn't compute with with the Brett Kavanaugh that I knew. So I, I think you have to take all of all of the surrounding evidence uh, that we have, and and look at it. And then um, you know the Senate is going to have to move forward on this uh, at some point. I, I how whether that happens with a hearing on Monday, you know, hopefully, or or without. I think we need to stop the the delay tactics because mm-hmm. that's that's something. That is that is really harmful to this process before this even came out last week, Justice Ginsburg was giving an interview and said how disappointed she is in the process. The way it is now is not right the Mm -hmm. way it was before. And she reminisced about when Justice Scalia was confirmed unanimously, (laughs) when she was confirmed virtually unanimously. If Brett Kavanaugh had been nominated, you know, in that era, there's no doubt in my mind. I don't think anyone can really doubt he would have been confirmed unanimously because it's, it's a shame to see what is the circus that this process has turned into.
0: Yeah. So let's put this in the broader context of the Me Too movement. I think that this undoes the gains that that victims of sexual assault have made if they're just going to be turned into tools to advance a political agenda, don't you think?
1: Well, that's unfortunately how you know. particularly Senator Feinstein seems to have treated this allegation. If she thought it was serious or credible or relevant to this confirmation process, she should have uh, disclosed it to her fellow members in the Judiciary Committee, found a way to protect the confidentiality, of, of Ms Blasey Ford and also uh, protect Judge Kavanaugh's reputation these things should be it, it, because she's also having a lot of back backlash after coming uh, this well not really coming out having this having this leaked right <laughs> um, that should have all of that didn't have to happen if they had followed the proper process um, but, you know so, as someone who is a, a, a mother of both sons and daughters I think everyone deserves respect and so we have to be careful that we are absolutely respecting women who who have, had a sexual assault and so we have to be of respect also to women who are claiming to have we we don't know the outcome of what, you know what what we're going to find in this yet but we also have to respect you know men as well mm-hmm. and so everyone both sides deserve to be heard and I, and I think that was what the hearing uh scheduled for monday was designed to give the opportunity
0: for so her lawyer now says she's not going to testify on monday what what do you think is going to happen? And I realize that things seem to be changing every you know twenty four hours. Exactly, I can, I can give you
1: the up to the the moment thing <laughs> that will be that will be expired in a few moments from now. Um, I, I it's it's hard to to tell. I've heard several uh, senators on the Judiciary Committee uh, say to media that they they suspect that if if she is not willing to come forward, it doesn't make sense to have a one sided. Mm-hmm. Hearing that's not that's not going to be very enlightening that it, it's just time to move forward to a vote. They, they have said we've we've given her every opportunity, but it, 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 there's no way to do this um, without having the key you know person there. So I, I think in that case, the Senate will the uh, Judiciary Committee will move forward to a vote uh, and then she'll be on the floor and they'll they will have the vote at that point.
0: Yeah. And the, the chips will fall where they may. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me, and thanks for listening to SCOTUS 101. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please leave us a rating if you enjoy listening. Please follow us on Twitter at SCOTUS 101, and you can email us at SCOTUS101 at heritage.org with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes.
1: You've been listening to SCOTUS 101, executive produced by Elizabeth Slattery, sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans and Thalia Rampersat. For more information, visit heritage.org.